Stay tuned after the podcast to hear our new segment, Larry's List, and sign up for our Patreon, or else I'm going to (laughs) cry. Welcome to Minute Impossible. It's Hope Day! Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to investigate with us the movie Mission Impossible, one minute at a time. I'm Jonathan. I'm Chris. I'm Jake. Welcoming back, Jake Clark from the Dark Knight Minute. Welcome back, sir. Howdy-do. Greetings and salutations. Welcome back. This is Minute 88, and Minute 88 begins with Ethan returning to the safe house and ends with Claire asking Ethan to come here. Come here. Come here, Stimpy. Stimpy. So let me set the stage. Ethan's walking back. Claire is laying on the floor in the corner under a blanket. Yeah, she's What kind of terrible, janky safe house is this that it doesn't have beds? I understand it used to be a travel agency, but if it's a safe house, it's been repurposed over the years to allow spies to go into it and use it when they needed to. Maybe maybe Krieger and uh, and Luther are using the bed. Maybe Krieger's like, <laughs> you're going to be the big spoon. <laughs> I, I guess I will. No problem. I'm French, you know. <laughs> French are always the big spoon, Luther. Mr. Ant. So, yeah, he uh, there's no bed, which seems super bad. I, I hate sleeping without a bed. This place is yeah. seems kind of useless in the fact that it has no beds. We know they have power because the lights are on. And we know they have a chair because Krieger was watching TV in it. That's true. Why wouldn't you sleep in that chair? At least the chair was like a reclining, you know, comfortable chair. Maybe that's where Krieger is, I guess. Well, they also have filing Cl- cabinets. Claire's just like, no, no, I'm fine. I just sleep here on the floor. It's no problem. In the corner. She actually tried. She was actually. It's the way Jim they, likes it. They had it. other beds, but no one's a gentleman. And they all just like said, <laughs> it's mine. My bed. It's my bed too. And then she's just like, okay, I'll just sleep over here. <laughs> yes. Be fine. She may be in the corner, but she is lit very well. Yes, she is. Very, She very has well. like a halo light of some kind, some sort of bouncing light off her face she's like like vaseline so she's like whoa yeah her her face is brighter than the rest of the room yeah they they lit her very specific and and this is again one of the awkward seduction scenes from claire she she literally looks uh, i mean she looks right up at ethan and says come here and then he doesn't move and then she does kind of a whimper and like puts her head down and kind of does a little sob and then puts her hand out toward him is like, come here, Ethan. And it's like, ugh, what is happening? Now, you know, it looks like she's wearing a men's shirt, dress shirt, like the one Ethan was wearing when he went to see Max. Well, we're about to have the world's most awkward slumber party. This is, I don't know if she was taught this seduction by the CIA, but it is not working. She's red sparrowing him. And Ethan is not having it either. Ethan looks horrified. He's like, I can't trust that woman. I can't trust her. Nope. There's no way. I mean, there's no way you can trust her. He he now knows for sure. When he left, he had suspicions about Claire. Now he knows for sure. But the second Jim just conveniently showed back up is the nail in the coffin for Claire. So he knows. 
Now, he may still, from his recollections... No, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like that, that feeling of, you know, you, you like this girl, and then all of a sudden you find out she's got some awful thing about her, like she's racist or, you know, horrible <laughs> in some way. You're like... You find her pointed hat. Exactly. And you're like, or oh. she's got like, you know, she just, you know, just something awful about her. Even She's the, the best thing in the world to you one minute, and the next minute she's just like, oh, God, I can't... I, I, I want to look at her, but I can't not get past that. Well, sure, that happens in all you relationships. Know? Just in this relationship, he's about to. She she's an integral part of the plan that he was planning. Not what? How long do you think he's been gone? This seems maybe like an hour, maybe two. I don't know. Remember, wasn't she going to bed? And she's still not. Asleep. She still looks like she's in bed. Well, she's like she was waiting in, up for him though. She's in bed, which means she's on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> the dirty floor. If you look at it, it's filthy. This whole place is filthy. It's this, filthy, this, man. For for being a safe house, Ethan did not pick a good one. Compared to Jim's safe house... I do not feel safe in that house. That first safe house was immaculate. It was beautiful. Had yeah. a beautiful bed. Probably multiple beds for everyone to sleep in. No one had to sleep in the corner. This is just kind of creepy. Okay, let's talk about this. We're not to the knuckle case <laughs> yet. But we're about to no, be... No, we're not. And, the, and it's one of these scenes we saw in the trailer. It's one of these scenes that they promoted extensively it was a they were trying to create some sort of relationship between ethan and claire this whole time we're now seeing it come to fruition and i think we all now see why it was edited out of this podcast of, of this movie <laughs> this podcast yes we it's edited awkward. out of the podcast it, we edited it out we talked about this for 20 minutes we just edited it out it is awkward it is off-putting and she's not selling it no again well, I, I don't want to bash the actress, but is this Emmanuel Beret just not being good at this? It probably not because like she's an attractive woman, you know, for yeah, sure. Yeah, she's good she's good in other in, in you know, Men in the Spring and the other ones that she was in before this. It's just this is not her movie. Do you think well, she's just like, out of her element completely with this action movie? Yeah, it's I just, do to some degree. Uh, but, we're now seeing it's all coming to a fruition right here. This yeah. is the worst scene with her. Well, her yeah. and Jim are just into weird, kinky knuckle kisses. And we're into, in, into weird, kinky, all sorts of stuff is what they're into. Well, it seems like this is what you would come up with on the day because the production designer forgot to bring the bed. And they're like, <laughs> well, now she's on the floor. What do we do? And he's like, I don't know. Have her put his hand in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, what, what else? This couldn't have been in the script. I've checked the book. It is not in the book. So this was something that was written, you know, for the movie, and it wasn't explained at all. <laughs> no, it's like it's like the most it's like they're teenagers and they're like she like thinks like his erogenous zones are his knuckles. And it's just like, oh, yeah, you like those kisses on your knuckles? Like, no. No, I don't know anyone that really likes that. Like, and they're like back in like, you know, medieval times. So you got to kiss the ring, you know, basically, but it just seems awkward. And if, and if Tom Cruise was played by Sylvester Stallone or Rocky, those knuckles are now flat. So she's like, can't find those knuckles anywhere. But like, it's just like, it goes from like weird to awkward to gross to cringeworthy. And it just, it makes you feel like you need to go have a shower and wash this moment off of you. Yeah, <laughs> that's the be- that's the best way to put this. Uh, I feel icky. Yeah, it's very icky. 
I don't like talking about it, but it's the it's the entire minute. <laughs> it's almost this is probably the most uncomfortable minute. Well, it's like a, it's like the book. The book, you know, has all the like as you've read it has has those moments. But like this, just makes me feel way more awkward than anything that's sh- showed up so far. I'm going to read to you some of the book right now, but I'm not going to put the bed of music behind it because what's happening on screen is actually creepier than what's happening in the book at this moment. <laughs> and I think this is the first time the book has actually gotten it right. Uh, they're, they're actually close together in, in, in the scene in the book. They're close together and they're in the darkness. There's no light illuminating Claire's face. No, but she's supposed uh, to be all angelic. And they can kind of see each other. And he's next to her and he says he wanted to kiss her. And if there was anything in life he should not do at this precise moment, Ethan knew it was to kiss Claire Phelps. Correct. That is exactly right. Don't yes. don't kiss her, dude. Nope. But that but that's what he did, knowing he would probably never do this again with her. Softly, then harder, with an urgency that seemed to pull all the heat from the atmosphere and place it between their lips. Okay, I'm putting the music back in. <laughs> Ethan's head swirled, and he knew if he kissed her a moment longer. That would only get worse. He pulled back and then looked at her again. See, now that moment is what I'm seeing in this trailer here as I just pulled it up. In the Mission Impossible trailer from 1996 at minute 117 through 120, it's that moment that you just described. Which would have been so much better than the... Because they're going at it and it looks like she's going at it with him. and But it looks like they're in an elevator. And again, her husband has been dead for two days. Yeah, you know, she's got to move on. She's got needs. <laughs> it's been two days. I've grieved enough. <laughs> she I needs to hunt. I know, but like, if you look at, it's like, you know, she's probably like, John, she's like, like, Jim or Ethan Hunt. Jim or Ethan Jim, Hunt. Ethan who's, Hunt. Who's closer to my age and who's better looking? <laughs> Wrinkled old Hobgoblin or young Tom Cruise. Hmm. Yeah, because in the trailer, Ethan is wearing the jacket, but her her look and her hair is very, very different in the scene. So this is obviously a reshoot. I feel like they I don't know if it's a reshoot or if it's just a very quick edit. And they they cut out that other bit. Yeah, you might be right. I feel like they should have stuck with like the kiss, like have her stand up and said like, you know, what happened and have him explain and then like kind of have him like do the kiss because like that I could see being better than what was actually filmed this moment is like i said it's like every awkward teenager's like trying to like flirt with someone else kind of a thing because it's very yeah yeah, it is very teenagery because a teenager would be like come over here i want to i want to hold your hand it's like a it's like a a bumbling way of seduction it's a it's this (laughs) weird it's yeah it's just it's the the closeness and the touching of hands. That's where the titillation comes from. And the fact that she's low bef- below him, it just it's like, no, it just, no. Well, it doesn't make any sense. And even in the frame, I mean, Brian De Palma is a master of filling the frame with something interesting. Yeah. And he's got her jammed into this corner down in the left hand corner, and all we can see of Ethan is his hand, and. You know, it has kind of a Scarface. Scarface did this a lot, where he'd have Scarface above the person. Yeah. But this is just, it's an awkward mess. It really is. 
I want. I'm. This is one of those times when I'm wondering when if uh, David Kemp and uh, Scorsese got into fights. Scorsese. Who? You said Scorsese. I said Scorsese. Wow. <laughs> where Robert, uh, where Robert Town and uh, David Kemp and uh, and Brian De Palma got into fights. Yeah. Because there's obviously they're trying to get something across, and in in the creation of this movie, they decided. Claire is not that character. Also, I don't think Ethan is that person. I think painting Ethan with the brush of someone who would philander with a married woman. Okay. She thinks her husband's dead. He knows she's not. He's not dead. So it's a hundred times worse. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because like it, Ethan in this, no matter what you do, is is the bad person in this scenario. Because, mm-hmm. you know, he knows that Jim's alive. But yet he's letting Claire kiss his knuckles. Well, he doesn't know what she's going to do. If if, uh, if someone told me to come over to them, I would walk over. I would not expect them to stick their, my knuckle in their mouth. No. I mean, Chris does this all the time, and he's never once done this. Chris, why don't you kiss my knuckles? Uh, they're too hairy. Oh, well, probably. Yeah. Well, that that's what happen- needs to happen now. you got to kiss his knuckles and put it on, you know, the listener's page. Nope. Not gonna happen. Oh man, my hands are supple. He'll he'll shave his knuckles and then he'll put lotion on, make it nice. Hey, and smooth. hey, it, you know if if Tom Cruise or Skydance or Paramount call us up and say, hey, we want you to interview somebody from the movie or some or something like that, then yes, I will do that. Let's put it that way. That's a challenge challenge to to Paramount and Tom Cruise and Skydance there. Are you McCurry. saying that if if we can get an interview with someone, if we get one of them on our podcast, uh, yeah, I get to mouth thumb you. <laughs> or, 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 either way, you or me, one of the two, whichever way you want it. All right, let's call John Voight. <laughs> he has nothing to do. Yeah, John yeah, Voight. John Voight. John Voight. John Voight's just dinking around and Hollywood. No, I'm talking about from Fallout. Somebody from Fallout. We get to talk to them. Oh, anyway. I don't think we're gonna get anybody new. We, we might get somebody from one of the old ratty movies. <laughs> no. Nah. we got De Palma and John Woo in the closet. They don't count. No, they don't talk that much either. John Woo doesn't talk very much. The Palma English. does, but well, it doesn't help. It doesn't really make any much sense. Doesn't help that they're both gagged. Shh. <laughs> All right, we're, we're gonna we're gonna move we're gonna off. Put... <laughs> <laughs> no one's gagged. We have no one in our closets. Everything's fine. No, they're in the basement. Jake was just joking. Yes, you, I, I was just joking. Shh. That's right. right. You're joking to get the hose again. <laughs> Not the hose. Not the hose. You better zip it. <laughs> zip it. Put the lotion in the basket. <laughs> you, know, you know the only thing you're allowed to talk about are these minutes. Yes, Mission Impossible is a very good film. It is a good film. It is. This also. is just the worst. I. This is just the creepy minutes. <laughs> Chris, if we had to vote yes, on worst scene of the movie so far, is this the worst this scene? This is of the, movie? the worst scene of the movie. This is the worst minute of the movie, let's put it that way. Yeah, and also it also it's only in this minute cuz the next minute we get a little knuckle kissing. Yeah. And then it goes directly to fade to black. Yeah. So this is really I mean it's really only about 35 to 45 seconds of this. It, it, it she's she's very creepy and in, in that sort of like weird you know, well, like Fiona Apple criminal way in that video, it just, just was like awkward and weird, and you just like nope, 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 nope. Let's talk about her seduction technique. <laughs> in this movie, she has 
rubbed his fingers, thumb, with her mouth when she was passed out. That may be involuntary. From the drugs. It was from the drugs. On that one. We'll blame the drugs. She has wooed him by making terrible coffee. Yep. She has wooed him by showing up and pretending to be all, you know, broken and tender and ugh. Once, once Jim and the team is dead, mm-hmm. she has, she's been downright flirty yep. when they were planning this new plan to uh, steal from Langley. And now that they're back, she remember she was coyly uh, uh, laughing, laughing in the background yep. when, he's when he was doing his, Krieger. his magic tricks. What is her end game? What is her end game with this? It, let's pretend like. Let's say that she and Jim concocted this plan, but she hasn't been able to talk to him since. She's, she's. I think she's trying to get him under her thumb. Okay, literally. She's, she's just trying to sleep with him. Do you think she's actually trying to sleep with him? She's trying to seduce him to, to make him feel, to make him weak, in order to okay manipulate the situation to their good, to her good, her and Jim's good, and I think that she's trying to use her knowledge of Ethan being into her against him because she's well aware. She's still, she, do you think she's still going to, uh, do you think she's still going to turn on him? Do you think it's in her mind now that maybe she can get him to come to her side? Or do you think that no matter what, he is a tool toward a goal with she and her booby, <laughs> Jim Phelps, and that no one else matters. Yes. I think that is the point. I think, I think she is strictly trying to get to, uh, Ethan to believe or to manipulate him so that he does what needs to be done, and he's the one who gets the blame. And nobody knows. That's why Jim was like, "Don't tell anybody. I'm not around. You don't, don't talk to her. Don't tell you know anybody. Nobody can know about me." So right not now, the clear. only way this plan is uh, is is being circumvented is that we know he gave Kittredge the ability to track him to know that he's in England. Yes, we'll get some more in the next minutes, but. That's where we are right now. So right now we only know that his play is he's doing something with Kittredge. It, it, it's 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 a very red harvesty sort of thing here, and that he's playing both sides. Like he's playing he's playing Kittredge, and he's playing Claire, and playing into both of their everybody's sides. He's playing into into Kittredge's needs and his belief that Ethan is the bad guy, and he's playing into Jim and Claire's trying to convince him that you know that. Kittred is the bad guy, and he's also playing into Max and saying, "Hey, Max, you know, I I, I can get you Job, and I can get you the Knocklist, and you know that's sort of, or you can get Job to me, and I can get you the Knocklist, you know." So he's trying to get everybody to to converge to his will. Okay, yeah, that's a good answer. Thank, Thank you. you, Chris. You're welcome. Film theory classes paid off. Jake, what about you? You got any you got any uh, ideas for? For why Claire's doing this, that are better than what Chris just said. Chris was very eloquent. It was. It's kind of hard to add anything to top that. Like she's trying. <laughs> I feel like really she's just really trying to make it like seem that she is. She is there for the right reasons. So the blame is just not thrown upon her. But it's just like not executed very well. It's we. It's weakly written. Yes. yes. Def, it's weakly written, and we've said that from minute. And, and you know, I don't even really blame her. Movie. I blame I blame the writing on this one because I mean, it's just a badly written character. It is, and it's it's come to its culmination here because, as we learn in the, in the rest of the minutes, she she's she's not a factor for the rest of the movie. This was kind of her 
swan song right here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and it's taken the franchise a, a long time to get to a point where they've got female characters that are, you know, equal, if not more so than, than Ethan is now. Yeah. Not just equal, but also like as good at doing the spy stuff. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like they're better. They're better than him even. Also Faust. I'll even give you that uh, Tandy, Tandy Newton in uh, two. Yeah. Is a competent. Yeah, definitely. You know, a competent spy and a competent thief. Yeah. So, but but again, her character was to you know being wooed by two different men, so that kind of downplayed her. Yeah, and then, her, and then even in four, uh, the the two uh, women in that one are both fairly you know competent yeah. and, and equally matched to some degree to to uh, Ethan. Outside of the fact that one of them is mourning the loss of a of a mate that is also was also a. a a team member, and then the other one is basically just supposed to be the personification of a bad guy. So, but they're both still miles and heads above uh, Claire here. Yeah, and that's definitely writing. I mean, it could also be the actor, but I think it's mostly writing. Yeah, well, yeah, like you see her in other films, and she's fine. But I feel like as the franchise has gone on, it started like in terms of writing and kind of a little bit of story wise. The first one was okay, but then it gets better each and every movie. Well, like Jonathan has said, you know, they found the character uh, of Ethan as they were going along with this one. So did Tom. And I think that uh, as the, the movies have progressed, they've gotten more and more confident in themselves to the point where we're at now, where it's like, you know, everybody looks forward to these films even more so than, than they used to. Yeah. Well, because you, you think about Tom, you think about Tom Cruise now as Ethan Hunt and you don't, one, you don't even think about the name Ethan Hunt. You no. think this is Tom Cruise acting in a movie alongside a bunch of other people. Yeah. Instead of this movie, it's the Tom Cruise show. As we've said before, this movie, uh, even Luther is, he, he's secondary. Krieger's yeah. secondary. Well, yeah, uh, but like, it's like you, like later on in the films, like the first three, like, yeah, it's still Ethan Hunt, but as it's gone on along, it's more, it's like you, it's just Tom Cruise. He's in, in mission impossible. Cause like his name doesn't get brought up as much. But then you get introduced into new characters and it's gone deeper and deeper into like the mythos of of Mission Impossible and the IMF. And it's like I said, it's just gotten more like it's gotten deeper in terms of story and like things that are out there. But also, like you said, the characters have become more enriched because like in this movie, the characters, I would say, are, are as deep as a shallow, uh, you know, as a pond, basically, because like <laughs> they're just you don't get a lot of depth from them, but like, as it goes on, you give them better backstory, you know, better dialogue written and, you know, for romantic love interests for Ethan, they become more competent in terms of seduction because the, <laughs> the, the knuckle kiss does, doesn't do it for me. No, I don't think it does yeah. it for almost anybody. And it's, it's like anything. It's like the, you know, the first 10, episodes of your podcast or something else there are things you go back and look at this movie is literally like a test they didn't know it was going to become a franchise but now i'm sure that if they went back they'd be like oh we shouldn't have done this we should have done this and that's kind of how you feel when you're when you're first working on anything any project podcast uh books relationships go back and refilm mission impossible one but like <laughs> just write it a little bit better and then just have older ethan hunt I'd still go see they, it. Yeah, they could add in. They could add in some st- uh, a few things. This movie could do 
with a few, uh, well, better female characters. I think better female characters alone would help this movie. You know, give it a couple of years and, uh, you know, they're going to reboot the whole franchise and they'll remake the whole first movie. And Tom Cruise, like I said, will be the Jim Phelps character. Oh, God, please don't age me anymore. I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to start over again. I've invested too much time in this one. And we'll have to start from the get from, you know, Mission Impossible reboot. Yeah, let's do something. Let's do something uh, that's not rebooting. It, well, we reboot this every episode. Let's uh, let's do some tech of the app. Let's do Jake. Not including what we used last minute, which was the email and the computer. Um, I'm going to say the sleeping bag. (laughs) (laughs) Is that a sleeping bag or is that a blanket? It looks like a sleeping bag to me. Okay. Because sleeping bags are handy no matter where you are. People climb, you know, Mount Everest with awesome sleeping bags that keep them warm. You know, that sleeping bag may be the only tech in this entire episode, so we'll find out. Chris, how about you? I'm going to go with the lighting on Claire. That is some excellent lighting. She looks very nice. Yes, she does. She's very angelic. What she's doing, what she's doing is stupid, and yes. her character has nowhere to go, but she looks good. This is yeah. You could use this in your sizzle reel. Yes, la- la- last week and this week she's got two great shots, you know. They're at least giving her that. Well, unfortunately, that's why they hired her. Yeah, well, that's true. Which, un, un, which, unfor- it's unfortunate for the movie. Not, it is unfortunate. Great to have have her doing something else. Yeah, but that's where we are with this movie. We can't we can't wish for things that didn't happen in the movie. No, and twenty years makes a big difference, you know. It really does. And yours, Jonathan? My tech of the app for this episode is going to be the same thing. It's going to be the sleeping bag. I finally have it uh, up on my computer and I can see the shot and she's in it and it looks snugly. It doesn't look comfortable because she's laying up against a wall, but it's literally the only thing in here that is a tech of any kind. Everything else we've talked about. We've talked about the room. We've talked about the door uh, to the office where the manager works in this in this safe house. We've talked about everything. We haven't talked about the poster in the background for Cairo, but that's not really tech. That is a <laughs> picture, That is a crappy picture of the Sphinx. And while it's funny, it's not really tech. Uh, so I'm going with a nice neoprene <laughs> insulated ba- uh, sleeping bag. I think ja- I think Jake's gonna win this one. Woo! I win. What do I do? I win. Not a that it's a bag? contest. Yes. You yes. get a sleeping bag in your closet. Yes, I'll be warm for the first time. Well, it's a sleeping bag, but it's made out of burlap. And you have to share it with De Palma and John Wu. It used to be a it used to be a sleeping bag for potatoes. So, well, it's better than nothing. Are there, All right. Well, I like your attitude. That's very. That's a very positive attitude to have. Are there still potatoes in the sack? Maybe I don't know. You'll have to find out. I'm gonna have to science the shiz out of this. Yeah, you're gonna Martian it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> potatoes and some Vicodin. We don't have any ketchup. Well, great. Then we'll see you tomorrow for, what are we on, Minute 89? 89 tomorrow, yes, 89. Yeah, that's fantastic. We'll see you at Minute 89. I've been Jonathan. I've been Chris. I have been inside a burlap sack. I'm Jake. Get back in that burlap sack. Get in there. Oh, I forgot to do our plugs. You did it, yeah. I was going to say our plugs, dude. 
You can always join us at Min Impossible, M-I-N Impossible on Twitter and at uh, and at Facebook. And at Facebook. That's how people say it. I'm and at Facebooks. You can also join us on Facebook at the Impossible Minute Force, where we talk about this and lots of other things. I'm sure Jake will be around for his minutes, and he'll be able to answer any questions you have about sleeping bags and what it's like to sleep inside of a burlap sack. It's very comfy. And this minute will self-destruct. Welcome to a special segment. I've gone off rails. I'm gone. I've gone rogue. <laughs> just like the uh, just like the Mission Impossible crew, I've gone rogue. And I'm talking to my dad, Larry Howell, today. He is one of my biggest fans, and he has his own alternate takes on things, his hot takes. So we're going to talk to him now. Dad, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. I am indeed a big fan. Uh, I've watched all the posted uh, minutes so far. I'm at minute 66. You've watched all of them? Well, I've watched them in my head. <laughs> I've, I've listened to them with my ears. you got to be careful with me. I've watched them with my ears and listened to them with my eyes. Yeah, I'm, I'm ambidextrous. I can listen and talk at the same time, I think. But I'm glad to be here. Welcome. Just call me Grandy. Okay. Well, I call, can I call you Dad? Yes. Dad or Grandy would be fine. It seems like you've got some issues with some of the tech of the apps that we've talked about over the past, uh, gosh, three months, three and a half months, going on four. Uh, what What are some of the things that you wanted to talk about today? Well, I don't have any real issues. Issues. Uh, what I wanted to do uh, tonight on this podcast is to kind of go and defend uh, Claire uh, Phelps a little bit. I think from the beginning. Boo. From the very beginning, I don't think she's gotten quite a bit of uh, fair play. She's been called all kinds of things, uh, probably the most popular thing. She was called uh, Claire Lamp uh, in a number of uh, minutes. Yeah she, yeah, she is a lamp. Sarah's a lamp, too. Every, every female character in this movie has been written as a lamp. Well, I think there's more to her. Uh, when we see Jim Phelps in minute number two on the airplane, what we don't know about him or don't see about him is that he is come unhinged. He's an angry, depressed person. And this takes us back to when Claire Phelps was Claire Cohen. So I want to add some... Uh, oh, was Claire Co- was Cohen her uh, maiden name? Yeah, before before Claire was Claire Phelps, she was Claire Cohen. Uh, Cohen is uh, the actual actress's, uh, Manuel Barrett's husband's last name. I thought it had a nice ring to it, so grant me a little fish... Wait, so you're replacing her fake name with her real maiden name she doesn't use and they didn't write a real maiden name in the movie yes and actually she <laughs> she she divorced cohen at some point in time in her life so wait she's not even married to him anymore no uh but she kept her name for this part of the uh flashback that i'm gonna do all right well, go go for it all right so when we meet first meet claire cohen she worked uh. she works for the cia She's a computer programmer and an internet specialist. Now, how they meet is 
1990, the Cold War was over, and so Jim Phelps... <laughs> That's what they call their bed play. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Cold War. Hey, hey, Claire, you want to get in the Cold War? <laughs> I'll do your cold if you'll do my cold. Okay. No, it's PG. It's PG. Oh, it's I'm PG. sorry. Now, I know this is your dad talking to you, so I may say some things that will embarrass you. <laughs> so, he first meet Jim Phelps is actually demoted from the IMF force in 1990. Uh, end of the Cold War, fewer uh, operations to put on, so they cut back the uh, IMF force from four teams to two teams. Where are you getting all this information, sir? Uh, this comes from Wikipedia. Wicka what? Wikipedia, and it comes from uh, several websites that have to do with fictitious storylines that weren't shown in the movie. I think a lot of this I'm about to talk about was cut and left on the floor of the, of the editing room. This is all about Claire. This is Claire Facts today. This is all about the rise of Claire Cohen. This is what this session's all about. All right, go for it. All right, so when they meet, Jim has been uh, transferred back to the CIA in uh, 1990, and they meet, and they date, and then they get married in 1991. Oh, fast courtship. Well, a year. I mean, Jim's a cautious guy, plus he's on the road a lot. Plus he's going to die soon. <laughs> well, he- <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. But at this particular point in time, he's uh, it's 1990, so he's got a lot of longevity left, at least six more years. God willing. Jim's still very depressed. She begins to notice that as he's working at his desk at home, he draws circle after circle after circle on his notepads and pieces of paper. So he's lost his mind. He's losing his mind at that particular point in time, but he's become f- just fixated on circles. And so uh, as she watches him do that, she gets worried about it. And when he goes away on an operation, she goes through his files. And what she's finding is just this circle obsession that he has. So when she asks him about it, he draws a line through the middle of one of the circles and says, I want my piece of the pie. So he's divided the circle into two parts. And he says, I want my fair share of U.S. government revenue. I've been screwed. I've been transferred. I don't like it. I'm going to get back at him. And Claire says, why a circle? Why a line? He says. Actually, she says, why a circle? Why a line? Yeah, that's how Claire sounded pretty much. Actually, when she was Claire Cohen, she was a little less wimpy. Oh, oh, oh. When she became Claire Phelps, she adopted that voice. Oh, that makes a lot more sense. It's more like, hey, I'm Claire Cohen. How y'all doing? I'm a, I'm a little dainty French lady. Here I am. She was she was very French, but you know that uh, that had its uh, that has pluses too. Voulez-vous coucher avec quoi ce soir? <laughs> when he left one time, Claire says, "You know what he's really drawing here is the diameter of a circle." He finally comes back and tells her, "Claire, I want to I want to sell secrets. I want you to help me sell secrets. You know the internet. I'm going to give you a name of Claire. I want to. I don't want to buy a boat because I'm about to retire. <laughs> I want to sell secrets. <laughs> exactly." And so he tells her his plan, and she says, okay, I love you a lot. This is kind of dangerous, but I'll do it. When you die, I get all your money anyway, so whatever whatever you want to do. Whatever floats your non-existent boat. So, <laughs> Yes, for sure. So he says, uh, look, uh, I've got several operations for the CIA lined up. i got to go. Would you do the work for me that, that needs to be done to set up a kind of a coded email address? She said, certainly. Or certainly I'll be do that. So is that is that the end of uh, is that the end of the rise of Claire Cohen? Oh heavens no! There's plenty more. The next thing she has to do is he's asked her to come up with a coded email address. Oh, so tune in next time to find out about the coded email address. <laughs> <laughs> 
The only clues I can give you is it involves a circle, uh-huh, a diameter, whoa, and math. Pi is is pi math. Pi is part of the uh, part of the solution. All right, great. Thanks, Dad, and we'll see you guys next week for some. We'll see you next week on Larry's List. I've been Jonathan. And I've been Grandy. No, you're Larry. Oh, I'm Larry, too. Stay tuned. The rise of Claire Cohen. No, stop talking into it like that. (laughs) This segment will self-destruct in five, four, three, two, one. Grandy! Grandy!